In a world gone mad, only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World, episode 63. Andrew and Jerry celebrate Independence Day and say, God save the United States Supreme Court. I'm Andrew Langer. Uh, the court needs saving because the progressives are coming at it. Uh, I'm Jerry Rogers. There, there, there you go. And you, well, Jerry, you were going to spend a chunk of time on your Sunday show talking about this, but affairs of state took precedence over the affairs of state. Um, you and I were both doing radio in the last couple of weeks and watched some of these decisions. It was another monumental Supreme Court term, major cases, major cases on religious liberty being decided, major cases on government operations and separation of powers. But what's interesting to me is, Jerry, is the number of very close or unanimous decisions on some of these cases. I, I know that surprised you as well. Well, I mean, yes and no. If you look at this term, not just the more recent and according to the left progressives, the media according to Hollywood and MSNBC, uh, these provocative. Again, I don't see these cases as provocative, uh, but we'll get into that next. Uh, but if you look at this term, uh, similar to uh, previous terms, uh, nearly 90% of cases, 89% to be precise, uh, had a mix of liberals and conservatives. Right. Um, only uh, 8% of cases were 6-3 on the current ideological lines, i.e. Uh, the so-called six conservatives and three liberals. Only 8%, Andrew. Right, right. Uh, and, 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 and less than that, only 3% of this term's cases uh, were 5-4, uh, where right. one conservative or one liberal joined the other side. My point is very simple. Uh, this is a very normal court. And what we're seeing uh, is even with the vast ideological differences between a Justice Jackson and a Justice Alito, we're still seeing a court that is roughly 90 percent of the time uh, uh, ruling uh, ruling uh, with a mix of ideologies. And to that point, I don't have the figure in front of me, but I'll get it. Yeah. Uh, but 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 a large percentage of cases were. Uh, were uh, nine zero. Yeah. And, and it's interesting to me because when you get those nine zero cases, or even when you get cases that are, that are say seven, two, there is this, there is this attack on the court as being illegitimate. And there's a, there's a long and involved history here. Um, and it, it, well, I'm sorry. It's a long and involved modern history here. We have never seen the high court under this kind of an attack. Certainly not in recent memory. I don't even think when, uh, uh, President Federal Franklin Delano Roosevelt. I almost said federal. Franklin Delano Roosevelt was had his New Deal agenda threatened by the High Court. Uh, did President FDR work overtime to delegitimize this this court? And, no, and, 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 and what's ahead. more, what's more, in in recent modern history, the most controversial, the two most controversial, uh, and kind of cultural. Um, impactful uh, Supreme Court cases, uh, 1973's Roe v. Wade, yeah. and then the more recent 
um, a Supreme Court case uh, finding uh, uh, the Dobbs uh, case. Uh, no, not well, that, oh. I was thinking of the uh, same sex marriage case. Oh, 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 well, uh, oh, but- Though, yeah. Prior to Dobbs, those two cases were earth shifting in terms of traditional morals. Uh, it, it, they both of them flew in the face of popular opinion, uh, 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 even politically. I mean, yeah. you know, we we take for granted now that uh, that uh, gay marriage is something that is culturally acceptable. Right. Uh, just 10, 15 years ago, the vast majority of Americans were opposed to it. My goodness. In liberal California, they had voted twice uh, to uh, to uh, declare marriage one woman, one man for life. My point is, is that uh, you, you did not see conservatives. You did not see the Republican Party. You did not see the uh, conservative movement uh, talk about destroying right. the Supreme Court. You know, it's interesting you bring up Prop 8, which was the California uh, gay marriage. What was that, 96? It was, that, it, it was in, in the 90s. Well, I think it was after that. But my point in all of this is once Prop 8 passed, you will remember that's really where we got this effort on the part of the left to intimidate people, go out and actively intimidate sure. people who supported this. And I and I and I bring that in because that's been one of the great sea changes in in how the left approaches the high court. Let me let me take a step back for a second, Jerry. And, and but hold on, we'll go ahead because I want to come back to this. But where you're going with this? I, I watched a documentary yesterday of of uh, uh, Mao. Yeah. Yeah. And I am telling you, uh, who, this was not a documentary created, produced by conservatives. It was matter of fact history. And the Mao playbook is right. the same playbook being employed by today's Amer- American so progressive movement. Let's start with where the anger is here, because I think it's important. I've had a lot of, a lot of time to think about this. So from, from the 1930s, when Franklin Delano Roosevelt essentially... Again, he didn't he didn't uh, delegitimize the court, but he certainly put pressure on the high court and talked about expanding the court, et cetera, et cetera. And the New Deal, uh, the, the, the New Deal legislation was upheld by the Supreme Court from that point until the mid 1990s. So roughly 60 years of time, six decades of time uh, between between uh, FDR's New Deal and when the court started to find limits to federal power, there was an almost unending expansion of federal power for 60 years that brought sweeping changes, including, as Jerry brought up, uh, Roe v. Wade, uh, but but all kinds of other pieces of legislation or other all other kinds of pieces of legislation were upheld. Cases were decided. And in the 1990s, there was a, a slight ideological shift. And the Supreme Court finally turned around and started saying, no, there are limits to federal power. And for the last 30 years, we've had only what can be really termed as a return to the center, uh, that essentially we have a court saying well, no. To a, Go ahead. I, I don't even like this terminology. It's a return to the rule of law. The court shouldn't be liberal or conservative, Republican or Democrat. It should be a, a, a branch of our federal government uh, that that guarantees protection uh, 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 before the law and guarantees uh, adherence to the Constitution and the rule of law. And, and let me let me be really clear about this because I think I think you are. But I get you your point. Correct. Though. No, and, and I guess you can put at it if if one point on the compass is 
a, a departure from all constitutional and socioeconomic norms. And the other point on the compass is yeah. constitutional law. This is what I'm talking about. And this yes, is not you're right. a swing, right? Uh, you know, we're, we swung, we swung port side uh, uh, to port very, very, uh, uh, very extremely for 60 years. Now we're returning to the true North course. Sure. Here. That's, but, that's but, the point that I'm making. Um, and, and that's exactly it. It is this idea that we actually find these limits because remember what Jerry's saying. I just want to be really clear about something. The Supreme Court is a co-equal branch of government equal to the other two branches. It does not legislate. It does not make up law out of whole cloth. What it does is it acts as a check on the power of the other two, of the other two branches of government so that they don't abuse their power, whether or not it's Congress enacting things that may very well be popular, but otherwise are unconstitutional, or the executive branch doing things that are not enshrined within the law or not within their power or orbit to do so. That's what the high court's role is. And that's essentially what it did last week, by the way, especially on this student loan case, um, which, uh, um, uh, you know, which which was well, let's, absolutely let's, huge. Go ahead. Let's let's break all this down because I yeah. think this is too important. I mean, I love our conversations, but they kind of they kind of roll uh, and 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 and. Well, t- you know, Jerry, and- we're thinking out loud here, so <laughs> yeah. But let me let, uh, just a couple of things, right? And yeah. I want to I want to start here. I want to reiterate these uh, numbers. Say these numbers again. This term, fifty percent of all cases were unanimous, right? Eighty nine percent of all cases were a mix of liberal conservative liberal conservative justices right. 89% so 50% and 89% yes. right and then you had only only 8% of cases were the 6-3 breakdown and only 3% were 5-4 right my point is is that this is not a rogue court this is a very normal court in fact this court might represent the uh the diversity of american Bingo. Politics ding, ding, ding. more than uh, the administration and the Congress. Absolutely, yeah. this is something. Hold on, this is something Jerry and I talked about last week because, especially in light of this affirmative action decision, and I've been and week. I've been critical of the court. You know, Andrew, you you remember? I, I my view on the gay marriage decision uh, was that the state should ignore it, right? And 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 the and the other three co-equal branches should ignore it. Listen, I've been I've I've been roundly critical of John Roberts on a number of occasions, right. not the so, least of which. So my point the, is, the my point is, that, yes, for our viewers who might be new, this you is and where I have been critical of this court. Uh, both cons- I've been critical of John of, of, of Chief Justice uh, Roberts, uh, but that doesn't mean that we think the court is rogue. It right. doesn't mean uh, that that we think the court is somehow beneath. Uh, the power, the statute, the authority, uh, the constitutional uh, uh, um, placing of the other two branches. Right. Well, you know, it, right. It gets down to, you know, John Roberts in the Obamacare decision, you know, essentially right. saying that Obamacare was a tax as opposed to, you know, right. a mandate, whatever. Right. I mean, I disagree with that, but I'm not out there saying uh, that this is an illegitimate court and something needs to be done about it. That is something and we're not protesting outside his house well and this gets into what i what what intimidation i'm talking about is this issue of intimidation now jerry and i had a conversation and i think jerry and i both agree i don't want to put words in your mouth jerry but i'm going to i think you and i both agree that this court and the and the mix of decisions is not emblematic that the that pressure on the court is working right i don't think you and i both agree with that 
well, this is interesting. I, I, I no, I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this because there have been some decisions uh, where uh, it seems to me that John, the Chief Justice, is trying uh, to massage, yeah, uh, the uh, the court's way uh, so to uh, uh, deal with its um, deal with its public relations issues. It concerns me still. Sure. No, I know. So I'm, I'm sorry. I'm being. But, I get I'm being, that, but, I'm, but, I'm but what I'm saying is, yes, is we're not I saying think, that we're not I, saying that Justice think Kavanaugh, this... Justice Kavanaugh, is is you know being ideological, not ideologically flexible, but he's coming at it from a different ideological bent than I think a lot of folks thought he was going to. Not because there's public pressure being bought on him, but because he is like he is a he's a man with diverse viewpoints, and he thinks deeply, and we may not agree with him on everything. That's, I guess, my point here. I, I I don't disagree, but I can't okay. I can't dismiss though. That's fine. That that John uh, that that uh, Kavanaugh uh, that Roberts these men and the others on the court they do live in Washington D.C. There's a reason, Andrew. There's a reason why there have been conservative members of the court who have through their tenure uh, have grown more liberal. I mean, I, I, Justice Kennedy. Sure. Uh, who who gave us the, the 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 deciding vote in the gay marriage case? Right. I think that the media, Washington D.C., the cocktail circuit, does sure uh, have an impact on the okay. justices. Okay, but I okay. So I, I get what you're saying here, but there's a different motivation. Maybe maybe this is academic. Maybe this is you know how many angels are dancing on the head of the pin. I think there is a different motivation of wanting to be liked and remembered and setting up a legacy. Again, not not that there's any difference sort of from, you know, a substantive perspective, but between that and, you know, having protesters outside of your home and being threatened with kidnapping. Um, this is you see what you see what I'm well, listen, listen. Yeah, I do. But listen, this is interesting, right? Yeah. Uh, Kavanaugh, his life was threatened. Yes. And the Department of Justice did nothing. Right. And so, therefore, I think that the political wars the cultural wars are having an impact on justice kavanaugh well okay so then 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 we are in a very dangerous ground because what i was going to say is and i was hoping we were going to reiterate but this, i still but think what you what you said is true i think he is more uh uh inclusive in his thinking diverse in his uh in his intellect uh than the left gave him credit i you're right about that but I, but that that is true. But I think what I think or what I'm saying is true. Uh, two, these two things can be true at the same time. Yes, their, I, their I, criticism I, of him is what I don't yeah. want to do is I don't want to give the left any incentive to continue in this bad behavior. Well, what I, I wish I, I could I mean, say, maybe I can't say. Yeah. What I wish I could say is, you know, something you can threaten Kavanaugh and Alito and Barrett and Thomas, and it's not going to have an impact on their voting. But you seem to say, Jerry, and maybe you're right, is that it can have an impact which is a real problem in America. If, if we can intimidate these justices through this kind of protest action or endless investigations and threatens, uh, threats of uh, of impeachment, then we're in serious trouble here. I, I think we're in serious trouble. Okay. I think that I think that uh, Justice Alito, Justice Thomas, uh, they're, uh, 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 they're not caring about public opinion helps anchor uh, uh, the newcomers to the court. Well, that's what I would hope. I mean, yeah. and that's and that's yeah. exactly it. It's it's a situation in which one would one would have hoped that Kavanaugh would have, after all of these relentless attacks, that he would have said, you know, something. 
screw this. No matter what I do, they're going to attack me. Therefore, I'm going to uh, I'm, I'm going to vote the way I want to. Maybe he is doing that. I want to be really clear ab- about this. Right, let me actually, Jerry, before we move that far down a field, because I want to make sure we underscore this point that you made. Because given the high court's ruling in affirmative action, it goes back to something that you and I have talked about, which is that diversity of skin color is essentially meaningless if everybody brings the same perspective and experience to the table, right? If, if everybody thinks the same way, it doesn't matter uh, what someone's background is. It doesn't add anything to the mix. The whole point of uh, having nine justices on the Supreme Court is that they are supposed to, and I say this even though we've just seen, what did you say, Jerry, 80, how many, 50% of the cases being decided 9 nothing. Nevertheless, there are 50% of the cases being decided 9 nothing by people with widely diverging viewpoints. Yes. And that's what's important. And, and so the- And, idea that's, and that's where my hope lies. Yes. The fact that 50% of cases are unanimous, the fact that um, that 89% of the cases have a mix of liberal conservative. But here's the thing, and we haven't, I, I still want to go through these cases individually. Oh, yeah, of course, but, absolutely. But, I, but, but let me say this. I, I, again, I said this to you. Let, let me say this now. I've, I've gone through the dissents and the opinions. And when I read uh, Justice Jackson's uh, dissent, uh, in the uh, in the affirmative action case, the right. Harvard case, it's as if she's looking at a completely different set of reality. Uh, right. I'm not even sure if her dissent has anything to do with the case that was in front of her. Uh, and, and two things about that. Number one, you know, she married a Boston Brahmin. Yeah. And so they have a daughter. So she she's married to someone whose family has been attending Harvard uh, since the 1700s. Right. And so their daughter is obviously her skin color is black. So does Justice Jackson believe that her daughter deserves preferential treatment to get into Harvard above a white working class kid from West Virginia. Right. Yes. Again, just, just in a lot. I know, but, 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 but that, see, and that's, that's, and that's just it. Right. Again, it gets down to, but that's not helping. Of, that's not helping uh, giving access me, to those in need. Let's talk about, let's talk about the problem with, the, with justice Jackson's descent in the Harvard. Did I say that right, by the way, Brahmin, is that correct? Brahmin, Boston Brahmin. Yeah. That, that's yeah okay. Very good. But you and, know what I'm and, saying? And, you know, and it's yeah. actually, it's, it's her descent to the North Carolina case. Cause she did, she did and, and rightfully so recuse herself. I'm sorry. Point, yeah. Know, but 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 the point the point is in the end, um, her dissent is focused on arguing the merits of affirmative action, which is which is not how it's supposed to be argued. You have to argue, right? That what is what is she's not supposed to litigate the merits of a policy. What she's supposed to do is litigate yes. the merits of the law in yes, in, in, in yes, in, yes, and brilliant. Why yes, it doesn't 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 stand because of how the court has ruled in the past on the 14th amendment or what have you. And, and so her dissent is filled with all of these platitudes about sort of ignoring societal problems and cultural problems. And that's not what it's about. It's about, it's about the issue of the 14th amendment and what the 14th amendment means. Now, of course we could go back and forth and sort of talk about the 14th amendment in relation to the voting rights act case, not voting rights act case, but the electoral map case earlier that week and whether or not there's hypocrisy. In, well, uh, stop there for a second. Put yeah. a pin right there because because I, I want to mention this. So uh, the uh, the North Carolina voting gerrymandering case, right. as well as well as the um, the border policy case uh, that the court 
court also recently ruled on. Both those cases, the Biden administration progressives won those cases. Right. So, so again, how does a rogue court get something, according to them, so right, and then literally the next week, they're rogue. They're they're and, and they're... that especially within the within the three days of it, right? I mean, that's yeah. the thing that gets me is you get on a Tuesday the ruling in this North Carolina case. And by the way, you know something? Listen, I know the chairman of the North Carolina Republican Party, who's now the general counsel of the RNC, is a very old friend of mine, uh, Michael Watley, and he came on when I was filling in for for uh, Tony Katz, and my, Michael gave a great impassioned defense for the policy. In the end, I think the court ruled correctly on this. Because when you're talking about federal elections, obviously federal courts have a thing to say about federal elections. And, and you know, it's the state legislature does not have supreme dominion over this. Somebody is going to come in there and has to, again, be a check on but that. Even power. if you disagreed, even if um, Watley disagrees, no one is calling uh, uh, from the right. Uh, uh, pack the court, and and by the uh, way, this is this span is my the court. This is my point. Impeach the, the justice. This is my my point in the end here is that I, I, you, this I think to me to toot my own horn demonstrates that we can call balls and strikes here. You yes, know, but it's a it's it, an agreement again, that I'm disappointed in, but I understand right. why they did it. Um, it is plain. It yeah. is plain, Andrew, that the Democrats do not care about policy, the rule of law, the Constitution. They are not tethered. Uh, to the traditions and the principles of our founding. They are tethered to power. And let me just give you an example. Ah. So so uh, talking about the, uh, so we talked a little bit now about the affirmative action case. Right. Uh, and by the way, just again, just to, uh, before I go on to the, um, before I go on to the student loan case and, and, and uh, Chuck Schumer's bizarre criticism of it. Sure. Uh, before we go there, the affirmative action case, remember, the court didn't rule against affirmative action. Exactly. The court ruled against uh, uh, subjective uh, and uh, uh, subjective uh, standards. So you can have. Know, they ruled against subjective standards that served to elevate one group yes. of people over another group. Of yes. People. yes. But they the did point. not. Right. But they did. The court did not rule that uh, uh, that other considerations, i.e. diversity, uh, should not be considered Absolutely in true. college admissions. So so uh, and, and Vox Mag Vox magazine had a had a piece uh, that made this argument that, hey, the court didn't shut the door. It right. just it just we have to implement affirmative action differently um, in the New York Sun uh, today or yesterday. There's a piece that talks about how uh, the court did not address from a conservative point of view. The court did not address the real problem of, of affirmative action because Harvard, right the moment the the, the decision was released, Harvard released uh, that they were going to implement its policy in a different way. Right. So. So so uh, Justice Jackson Which, and others saying that that this ruling or these rulings on, on affirmative action are rolling back civil rights or rolling back the, the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Uh, to, to say that this is um, uh, uh, that this is shrill is to uh, uh, is to not give a good definition of shrill. It is complete nonsense, which goes which now connects it to the uh, to the student loan case. Yes. Because uh, Schumer's response to it. And I want to get to the president's response on it, but go ahead and talk about yeah, but, but, but it. Yeah, uh, but it was that it was uh, disappointing and cruel. Yes. And the reason why Schumer called it disappointing and cruel is because these students deserve, these 43 million students deserve uh, this 
uh, was it half a trillion dollars? It depends on whose it depends on whose numbers right. you use. Right? So, so uh, let's say between huge... between four hundred billion and a trillion dollars, depending on the right. timing and the yeah the how yes. But it, what, what 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 and this is where Maoism comes in. It seems to me, and you you read Schumer's comments, he doesn't want the legislature to legislate, right? Because we can go in and cancel this student loan debt if the Congress acts. But Schumer is yes. saying we don't want to act. We want the president to uh, to govern independent and above the legislature. That is that's insanity. Well, it's fascism. I mean, or it's authoritarianism yeah. in the end. It's it is a, it's a profound disrespect for the but rule the, of law. But again, what's, hold on, Jerry. But yeah. on this, this gets then gets into what the president himself said. Yeah. Which to me was the most disturbing which is the president saying that the Supreme Court should not have the final word on this. Now, he could be saying that he thinks Congress needs to act, but I don't think that's what he was saying. But however, was- if but and, and this is interesting because the the on this topic, on this issue of uh, student loan forgiveness, he is correct. The Congress can be the last word. No, no, no. But he, but he, he was. He then turned around and essentially right. issued a series of executive orders and started down the road of a rulemaking against untethered part of education, untethered from the law, no, no, untethered now, because from the separation we, of powers. We, we don't do what aboutism here, but we do like to present the contra, the you know, the contra thesis on this, which is to say. There's nothing you know, wrong with what, what about it, what, by the way. What if, what if Donald Trump went down this road? What if the Supreme Court had announced, right, that Donald Trump can't build the wall and make Mexico pay for it, right? That they said that it's not within the president's power to build the wall. Um, and and then the president turned around and said, "Well, we're going to build the wall anyway." Well, that's that 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 would be you know that would be a form of authoritarianism. That would be the wrong thing to do. Sorry, go ahead. You were going to say something. It looks no, like. but 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 and again, this is this is just proof. You know, you and I talked about this during the 2016 election, right? And there and thereafter, that the other side was just showing us plainly what they wanted to do. Right. Right now, the progressives are showing us how they want to govern. You know, it is it is Maoism. It's authoritarianism. It goes back to the, Jerry, sorry. Go ahead. The fury we're seeing. AOC is apoplectic. Does this Jerry? The, does the, this it, does this go back to? Does it start? I mean, does it start with Justice Chief Justice Rehnquist presiding over Bill Clinton's impeachment? Is it the Supreme Court's decision in Bush v. Gore that sort of kicked this off? Because before before 2016, before Trump. You had President Obama standing in the. No, that's I. I never make a note when we do our shows. Yeah. The only note I have here. State of the Union, Barack Obama. State of the Union, Barack Obama. That's the president. That was the declaration. That was the declaration of war. But do you. okay? but do you think that was the that was the declaration of war after about a dozen years of them festering right. over Bush let's, v. Gore. This is this is very interesting. Let's let's yeah. just, just let's just back. Let's let's dig dig, dig dig here a little bit. Number one, uh, for those who don't know, uh, the uh, the former president, President Barack Obama, in a citizen address, let's see if I can find this clip. He uh, he chided, he criticized uh, in an unprecedented way. Uh, had never done had never been done before by a president with the Supreme Court sitting there, not able to applaud 
or yes. Kajir. And he uh he uh he uh he chastised the court. That was that was the mark of the beginning of the left's outward war against the court. However, Andrew makes a very good point. We talk about how Trump broke the mind of the left. And again, I'm we're not here to defend Trump, his personality, his campaigning in 2020, his campaigning today. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that he was a legitimate uh, 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 president in 2016, and yep. they tried to make him something that was illegitimate. And we think, you know, Trump broke their mind. Really, what broke the left's mind? I think you're right. Was was the uh, 2000 election and the Supreme Court coming in and ruling in favor of uh, George W. Bush? That that was it. That broke their mind because th- up to that point, the left had successfully used the court and the courts to implement their unpopular uh, their uh, their programs. The court was their ally, and yes. here. And in and, and this one instance, the court was not. Here, Jerry, let me I want to play, play the video, but yeah. But and they could not handle it. And and we would have seen all out war then, except for 9-11. All right. So this you're right. Oh, I think you're absolutely true. So this is uh this is from 2010. This is after uh, um actually this is before Obamacare passed, because Obamacare passed in, in March of, of 2010, I believe. Uh, here is President Obama, Nancy Pelosi, and Joe Biden behind him. Uh, let's uh, let me let me share this. It's entitled "Justice Scrim- uh, Justice Grimaces as Obama uh, criticizes the court." But anyway, to separation of powers. Last week, the Supreme Court reversed a century of law that I believe will open the floodgates for special interests, including foreign corporations, to spend without limit in our elections. Now, for those who can't see this, oh, yeah, the justices, the, oh, oh, the justices are, are the justices are sitting there. Yes, they now, are. Now, stoked. I will they, say Sam Alito did shake his head. Right. Uh, but, but, you know, but go but ahead. They are they are sitting there as the vice president, as a speaker of the House, as the president and as as Democratic congressmen surrounding them. Yes. All stand. This is this is and this is. An example of political intimidation. Right. This this was the president declaring war on the legitimacy of the court. Uh, by the way, the president is wrong on the merit. But oh, also, of course he is. Well, he's, well he's, okay. he's wrong on the facts. But regardless of that, this is the moment, Andrew. I agree. This is this is the moment that progressives outwardly began to war against the legitimacy. Me, on, of the I'm going to stop the I'm going to stop the share because I think I think you're right. I think the point is made, Jerry. Because I want, to, I want to talk about this, you know, um, political movements, especially political movements on the left, and, and and here's why: because political movements on the left are very hierarchical. Um, they are non-individualistic. They are very communitarian, right? So you take your orders from the top and you move monolithically. It's something Jerry and I have talked about before. And also, sometimes those orders don't have to be explicit. Oh, of course not. When you know what the top wants, this is why the left is so wonderfully organized. Yes, because for instance, the IRS case, uh, no one had to tell the IRS to block 
and to discriminate against uh, center-right organizations. They though knew, think, though I still think they did, but go ahead. But they didn't need it because yes. they knew this is what Obama wanted. But this and, is the brilliance and, and, of their and, side. And, but the but the danger, of course, is because when they don't communicate, people look at what Barack Obama, right? Remember, Barack Obama, massive cult of personality surrounding Barack Obama. He was right. the president Still. of cool. And, and people look to him and they look they look to him for leadership. And when President Obama gets up there and we're talking a year. So this is right, because I don't remember if he did a 2009 State of the Union, but this is 2010. And the president gets up there and he makes a signal year one into the cult of Barack Obama and says, it is okay to criticize the court in this way. And it was worse on it, this it, way, but it was worse than that. It wasn't criticizing the court. You can criticize the court. Oh, yes. Of it course. was, it was worse than that. It was calling into question the legitimacy Absolutely. of the, of the court. Yes. And, and, and again, ironically, think about this. So one of these provocative cases where we're seeing the fury uh, from the left over the uh, Supreme Court is the student loan uh, case. Uh, by the way, it was Barack Obama who federalized the student loan yeah. uh, process. Uh, listen, I have I had student loans, Andrew. Yes. And um, I don't exactly I, I don't exactly know the mechanism uh, by which we did this, but I'm sure it was through the banks and I paid my student loan back. Right. Then then in the the, the 2000s, uh, the feds took over and literally made money cheap. Yes. And so therefore you got students who probably couldn't or shouldn't have deserved the loan getting loans. And then you saw universities uh, uh, jack up uh, tuition prices because money was cheap. Right. So and, this stu and, the student loan crisis is the product of Barack Obama. Absolutely. But and it's interesting, right? Because again, in deciding on this student loan case, Nobody needed to turn around and give nobody on the prevailing side needed to turn around and give an extensive discussion of why federalizing student loans drove up tuitions. Uh, and therefore, this is a problem of the federal government's own creating in order to in order to to get at the merits of the case, which all have to do with oh what goodness, is the government yes. allowed to do? You know, unlike, again, <laughs> Justice Jackson's dissent. And um, again, so yeah. so so so. All right. So here. The student loan case, everyone knew it was yes. unconstitutional. Right. In fact, Chief Justice Roberts used Nancy Pelosi's own words right. in his in his opinion. Which, by the way, uh, makes makes Chuck Schumer's uh, comments right. about it, you know, even more ridiculous, given how close. But, they are. but even ahead. but even the White House general counsel before Biden issued the executive order told him it would be ruled unconstitutional. Right. Um, and then this second play they're doing now, uh, he's already been told it's unconstitutional. He's going to go forward anyway because it's not about the law. It's not about helping children, helping students, helping families. It's about power. And let me be really clear what Jerry means by that in terms of power, because Jerry's not saying that there is something, something inherently bad about the federal government wanting to make it so that it's easier for students to pay for college. No, in fact, uh, I'll, I'll comment on that after your comment. But what Jerry's saying is, is that they are using the giveaway of student yes. loan payments in order to get votes so that they can remain in power and do all of the other yes. really horrible, bad things. Exactly right. It is, and here, it is and here, hold on, hold on real quick. Yeah. 
It it is it is a, a prime example of what uh, uh, Margaret Thatcher said, which is when you rob Peter to pay Paul, you will always have the support of Paul. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and and just two things to to kind of round this out. Number one, and I do want to say something about cruelty. The, so just the me. the Democratic Party, the progressive movement, has become completely transactional. Right. Uh, right. Uh, uh, again, just 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 kind of broaden this out a little bit so I can explain. It used to be that folks needed food stamps, SNAP, or Section 8 housing, or welfare, or wraparound services uh, at schools, etc. All of these very important social uh, safety net. We believe in it. We are a democracy. Uh, we have to help our neighbors, and the government has a role to play there, period. That's it. Uh, we agree with uh, – no one's talking about undoing welfare, undoing Medicaid. Uh, however, these are transitional. These shouldn't be cultural. Right. Uh, someone, sh- someone should not aspire – to live in Section 8 housing and have Medicaid as their health insurance. However, the progressives, and rapidly over the last 20 years since Obama, uh, they have made this into a transaction. Yes. You vote for me and you get your Obama phone. You know what's right? funny? It's, it's funny, real quick, because I want to come back to the cruelty issue. Over the weekend, now, one of my guilty pleasures on a Saturday morning, now that I'm no longer doing Saturday morning radio, Jerry, I have the uh, the the guilty pleasure of being able to watch Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> and and on MeTV, from 7 to 8 a.m., they play Popeye cartoons. It used to be Popeye and Pink Panther. I love Popeye. And this past weekend, I like some Popeye, but this past weekend, it was all patriotic Popeye cartoons. So like all yeah. of the World War II era Popeye cartoons when he was serving in the Navy. Yep. Uh, all came with a disclaimer, by the way, about racism, uh, because apparently we it was bad that we made fun of the Japanese during World War II. But the point is, is that there was one in which Bluto and Popeye are running against each other for president. And both of them are promising, you know, Popeye is promising two cans of spinach for every household. And Bluto is promising every man cigars if they vote for him. And it seems to be emblematic of your example here of the transactional nature. You you vote for me and you'll get a cigar for me. But anyway, here's my point about cruelty. Chuck Schumer can go down this road of, t- of how cruel this is to the various students who took out loans knowing that they were going to have to pay them back. What is cruel is forcing a working family that scrimped and saved to pay for their kids to go to college or, you know, scrimped and saved in other ways to send to then be forced to subsidize some privileged, I'm going to say it, some privileged jackass who doesn't want to pay his student loan payments. Oh, and by the way, racked up even more credit card debt Right. When, they're, when they're when their student loan payments were paused during the pandemic. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Look, one, 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 it, one more yeah. thing here. By the way, I'll say this again. The, you know, for those folks trying to make a comparison to this and the folks who took out PPP loans. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. When the government shuts down your business, the government owes you compensation for doing that. That's just the way it works. Also, so you break P- it, you buy it. Sorry, go the, ahead. The, all right, a couple of things. The PPP loan uh, process, A, it was uh, debated and passed uh, through Congress. It's an excellent point. True. Signed yes. into law by the president. And a stipulation of these PPP loans was uh, if you hire or keep employment your workers, uh, you will be given loan forgiveness. It was right. actually, con- it was in the contract. It was in the agreement. Yes. So, so, so if I, if my business was closed, I reopened or I stayed open and I retained my five employees and I took out a, a uh, hundred thousand dollars in PPP loans, 
uh, yeah, I got that hundred thousand dollars back because I did what I promised I would do, and you promised to forgive my loan. A right. Again, my point is they 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 are not connected. But 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 yes. go back to the cruelty issue. Yes, uh, uh, Chuck Schumer, the, the 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 majority leader in the Senate, uh, and uh, could vote on some kind of federal uh, loan. One hundred percent. And here's the thing. Uh, oh. AOC and the progressives would say, well, uh, it would never pass. Well, A, they're correct. It won't pass because a vast majority of Americans are against it. Right. Now, 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 someone would say who's listening, well, Jerry, then that really defeats your power argument. No. Remember, the Democrats are a coalition. They don't need, they just need a sliver of those who feel uh, uh, that, hey, give me my student loan debt and I'll vote for you. They don't need all those votes, but they need a significant number of those sure. votes. And this whole student loan uh, uh, debt forgiveness is part of that strategy. But that being said, why not make the argument anyway? 100%. Why not? Why not try to convince those who are against you to be with you? And they could do this. And this is how they could do it. And you, and you just said it. AOC, right? She's talking about impeaching the court members, uh, expanding the court, ignoring the court. Why are we listening to the court? The court has no, she actually said that the court has no uh, purpose. Why do we even need a Supreme Court? Now, someone will say All to right. me, well, Jerry, AOC is a progressive crazy woman. No, she's not. She's the exact center of the Democratic Party right now. And, uh, you know, we might dismiss her at our own peril. Her arguments are the are their never, arguments. never dismiss what the progressives are saying to you they right. are telegraphing you but here's the but, but here's want. the argument yes. if i were aoc i'd go get a matt gates i'd go get one of the republican crazies yes and and i would say look the feds took over the loan programs and it jacked up college tuition cost. It jacked up interest rates. And there are a lot of people, yes, they should have known better. They didn't know. And they got cheap money easy. And now they're in over their heads in debt. Let's come together with a compromise. And, and, and on your side, you can chastise and correct the government for taking over the federal program and let's give the loan program back to the private sector on my side let's get twenty thousand dollars worth of debt relief to these people sure. who are in debt and you're right not everyone's going to be happy with it but that's good legislation when everyone's not happy i think conservatives would bite the bullet on forgiving ten to twenty thousand dollars worth of debt uh if it meant, it meant turning that, it back over to that's that's a possibility i mean listen yeah. i've gone down listen i've gone down this road right this is this is the question that I asked those progressive students back in February about the issue of of the war in um, the war in Ukraine. Would you be willing to uh, expand, uh, engage in an immediate program to massively expand drilling and oil refining on U.S. soil if it meant providing if it meant bankrupting Russia's economy and providing Ukraine with uh, as you know as many weapons as they can carry? Um, and I, you know, a, a good, I'd say a good half of the progressives in the audience uh, said, yes, that would be worth it. The other one said that they wouldn't, but, here, um, but here's, I want to make this point yeah. and you're right. And because, because, because you, you, you pushed me to this point. Yes. Um, that's hard work. Yes. Having to make arguments and have hearings and work legislation and make your argument. That is hard work. You see AOC 
wants to be on social media. That's the she thing. wants to that's be the problem. She wants to be celebrity. But here, but here's, but here's the problem. We have real issues in this country, and student loan debt is one. Uh, there is a student loan crisis. It is whether you're left or right. We could agree that there there are people. Well, who hold have... on, hold on, Jerry. There's a student loan crisis, but there's a tuition rate crisis. That's really yes. I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, and that's all. Yeah, you're 100 right. Yeah. But here's the thing. So Greta Thunberg. Am I saying that the yes. the, the young woman who is a, a climate change uh, activist? Apparently, according to uh, many media outlets last week, uh, she is a world leader. Yes, she is. All right. So, but she does nothing. And that leader of, is the planet of Greta Thunberg. But go right. ahead. But she does nothing of substance. No. no. Uh, she is privileged. She's elite. She has money. She is sponsored. She has celebrity. Uh, but does nothing really to change uh, the policies or, or or at least the reality, the science of climate change. Compare her with uh, Norman uh, Borlaug. Yes. Norman Borlaug, of course, is a scientist. Yes, he is. And in, in the 1970s, 1960s, when uh, it was widely accepted that uh, uh, millions in Asia would die, millions in Africa would die because of starvation. We didn't have the wherewithal to feed. And the elites in the world were fine with people dying. Yes. Then along comes Norman Burlog, uh, who uh, introduces a kind of a, 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 a genetic modified wheat. Oh, yeah. And ends up literally saving rice, but yeah, go ahead. Rice, it was or it was a wheat rice or something. Regardless, it was food. Uh, It was rice. Yes, and uh, and um, you're right, it was rice. And anyway, long story short, he saved millions from starvation. Actually, won the uh, uh, the uh, the Nobel Peace Prize. But see, here's the difference: everyone knows who Greta Thunberg is. Yes, precious few know who Norman Burlog who he is. Right. And that's because Burlog did the work that saved lives. Yes. And Greta Thornburg hey, is just a social media celebrity. By, by the way, on, on this point, it's a very good segue, Jerry. I, I've got to put out a congratulations to a friend and colleague of ours um, for the successful strategy in this student loan case. Um, I had him on the show last week. Uh, are, you, you want to talk about the work that was being done. Um, we know that of the two cases that were up before the high court last week, it was a split decision. Uh, the two students who sued over this case, their case was dismissed on standing grounds, which Ilya Shapiro, a constitutional scholar, we've had him on this show. Ilya Shapiro will tell you that that the, the Supreme Court's standing standards are very inscrutable. Standing means that you have a case or controversy. You have the reason to sue, that you are a, a real plaintiff. Phil Kirpin, our good friend Phil Kirpin, knew about this, knew that this was going to be a central problem. And he started thinking about this and conceiving of this. And he is one of the people, and I'm going to say he's the person who turned around and came up with the idea that because the states were involved in servicing these student loan payments, and they were the ones who were going to lose out on this deal, that certain states, Missouri and Nebraska especially, uh, would be hard hit by this. And now I'm going to say, I don't remember which one it was. Nebraska didn't get their act together, but Missouri did. And it was Phil who started talking about this and starting putting the bee in the bonnet and starting meeting with legislators in those states in order to get the cases brought. So kudos to Phil Kirpin, our good friend, Phil Kirpin, uh, for that hard work. Uh, Jerry, listen, let, let's shift gears for a minute. Well, um, Sorry, I'm fine ahead. with that, but yeah. we, we still hadn't, I, I wanted to break down. We, we talked the affirmative action case. We talked the student loan case uh, again. Uh, oh, we yeah. have not, 
We have not talked the 303 case. Uh, well, we got to. And, and but by the way, not just the 303 case. I'm not giving you the finger, Jerry, but also the um, uh, the uh, the Groff uh, versus um, the Groff case, which was the religious freedom for the postal worker case. Um, And and that one decided nine nothing, which is amazing. Right. And let me start where just how the left gets it wrong. Yes. And I've seen this everywhere, you know, um, uh, from uh, from lawyers. Yes. Uh, from uh, members of the Congress, from media personalities, from experts who have said that LGBTQIA plus rights are now in jeopardy. Uh, It's been everywhere. Uh, We've seen uh, uh, in places like Slate and Salon and The Atlantic and Vox, uh, The American Prospect and other such places uh, call into question uh, the court's use of free speech or the First Amendment in order to uh, uh, block protections uh, for LGBTQIA uh, populations. And again, it's interesting to me. This case does nothing of the sort. Right. It's a very it's a very simple case where and here it was a uh, it was a web designer. Uh, who was asked to create content, uh, content uh, with which she uh, disagreed strongly as a matter of right. faith. And so this is very standard. The government can't compel someone yes. uh, to uh, compel speech. And that's all this is. This is not, this web designer cannot, uh, cannot uh, turn away uh, uh, gay and trans customers. Yes, that's not what this is. And I, I and again, it, it it it's telling to me that the left, the progressives, the Democrats, they have to lie in order to make their point. Right. And Jerry and I disagree. This is the whole I like know, Jerry the human and I rights disagree Generally, yes. Jerry and I uh, once disagree. again comparing their plight uh, to the plight of African Americans in slavery and bondage. It's complete and utter nonsense. It, it's interesting, Jerry, because I think it's it, folks. Jerry and I have a tendency to disagree about this issue about accommodation. And I know what the law is, and Jerry is going to remind me of what the law is. Um, but I have no problem with people who want to refuse people uh, right. to their business. Yeah, yeah. But this is but this is not what the decision says. So when right. you have folks out there saying, well, um, um, you know, I'm going to there was a meme going around a picture of a store. Uh, I'm no longer going to allow Trump supporters in my shop because the Supreme Court says that I can. You know something? That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. It's not what the Supreme Court case said. Right. Um, but, you know, it, but, you know, something because I, I got into this with with Bill Penzi, the head of Penzi's Spices a couple of years ago uh, but, and said, but, but, go but ahead. Bottom, I don't want to get too far afield. Right. But the, but the bottom line is this. You yes. uh, uh, I don't disagree with you about public accommodation laws. I just recognize that they, they are the law. They are the law. So that's true. Right. So yeah, so point. so no. Point. So so if a if a gay person comes into my uh, restaurant, um. Uh, I cannot throw them out for being gay. Right. Uh, and this Supreme Court uh, decision in no way impacts that. Right. This is about compelled speech. This is yes. about forcing someone. What if you are, again, just to put it into something that that, that people might understand uh, better. Uh, what if you are a, uh, a, a, a social, uh, a, you know, a, a, a social media influencer 
And the government came in and said, uh, you must write that Nazis are good. Right. Or or some group said or or Facebook uh, said or whatever. The, Let's the not even come- go to the extreme of the Nazis. Let's say that you are a progressive social influencer and someone comes to you and says, you have to start talking about how Republicans are good or how you love Brett Kavanaugh right. or how right. you love Justice Thomas. No, right. you can't compel somebody to act that way or right. Um, um, you know, well, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jerry. Yeah, but again, yeah, but I, I we, we don't even have to spend a, a lot of time. I, I on love, this. I love, by the way, hold on, because I also love the one where on the on the um, on the first one on the case about the uh, the um, the nine zero case about the postal worker. Yeah, someone writing, Well, I'm an atheist. Uh, does that mean I can take you know one day of the week off? To which I wrote back, Well, if you're saying that atheism is a faith then I agree with you, but unfortunately your faith doesn't have a Sabbath. So, you know, no, you can't use that excuse. I'm sorry, because, because that's essentially what they're And Anyway, it gets even more complicated than that. Jerry, listen, I, because I know you are on tight on a deadline. Yeah. How are you celebrating July 4th? Oh, well, we're going to go to uh, a minor league ball game. Oh, uh, fun. That's right. You're going to the ball game tonight. And uh, you know, it's funny. uh, uh, Memories came up on Facebook. uh, I think seven years ago, we had done the same thing and there's fireworks and the kids can run the bases, that sort of thing. So we're going to go to a minor league ball game. And then on the fourth itself, <coughs> pardon me, we're going to, uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to be home. We're going to grill. Yeah. We're going to be with family. I think we're going to take a ride either into the uh, district and try to see, uh, try to go and wow. see some of the You're monuments or something. Man. But not not the fireworks. We're gonna come home for fireworks. Okay. Or or we're thinking about going into Old Town, Virginia, Alexandria, and going uh, and visit some of the sites where George Washington. Oh, that'll be fun. Where you know where his uh, you know there's there's uh, uh, there's Gatsby's Tavern. Yes. Where where he uh, where he resigned his military commission. Uh, there's of course the church there and his pew where he attended church. So we're gonna do something historic during the day. Uh, in the evening, we'll have we'll grill and see fireworks, and then we also the Rogers. We do our every year. We do some kind of uh, patriotic reading. Oh, I fun! I, I haven't picked it out yet, but some kind of reading. Uh, and and sometime on the fourth, seventeen seventy six, we'll be playing. There you go. Well, so I know it's playing on it's it is playing on TCM tomorrow night, uh, yeah, but- uh, Fourth of July evening. But you can watch it obviously earlier if you have HBO Max. It may very well be on there because they have their yeah. TCM channel there uh you know something we're very low key um uh, i we have fireworks in our neighborhood i think we're gonna go watch those during the day i'm not sure what we're gonna do uh we may get out on the kayaks tomorrow because we haven't done that i've been uh, uh dealing with knee issues so um i have not been out on the kayaks at all this spring so we may wind up doing that uh just just sort of taking it easy generally by the way and eh, you know something i was gonna i was gonna talk a little little cooking stuff uh as you can see i'm wearing my this shirt, I'm going to wear my other 4th of July shirt tomorrow. Um, I will say this much because uh, it just got a notification. New episode of the Lunch Hour of the Federal Newswire is dropped. Excellent. I interview President James Madison. We talk about the importance of celebrating the 4th of July. So you're going to want to go uh, and check that out. Jerry, when well, are you I'm, on I'm going to I'm going to find that and put it up on Real Clear Policy for, for tomorrow to celebrate the 4th. Um, you know, we didn't talk about this, but I'm, I'm going to be on... Uh, I'm going to be on WBAL uh, July 5th. Okay, and, and so uh, at midday. So I'll, I'm going to talk about these Supreme Court cases again. Uh, I don't. We can't do it now, but there was, of course, this uh, mass shooting 
the left's term mass shooting in Baltimore City. I'll talk about that. Uh, but I'll also talk about how uh, already the mayor and the governor and others blaming guns. Let's get guns off the streets and these sorts of things. Uh, the sanctity of gun is more important than the sanctity of life. Mayor Brandon Scott said that this morning. And I'm going to talk about very explicitly how this governor, Wes Moore, and this mayor, Mayor of Baltimore City, Brandon Scott, they've done literally, again, not exaggerating to make a point, they've literally done nothing uh, to get illegal guns off the street. Uh, they actually uh, have opposed uh, and, a penalties. And, and nothing to keep uh, children yeah. out of harm's way, Jerry. That's uh, the nothing. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So. Nothing at all. And all right, so, Jerry, what do you want uh, folks yeah. to do? Well, I mean, my goodness, uh, uh, I'm going to add something. Pray for your country because we need yes. it because uh, the left is is intent on on uh, taking it away from us. And th I know that sounds extreme, but it's the truth. Uh, their reaction to these Supreme Court cases, their fury against these cases shows uh, their uh, their their the left's uh, uh, totalitarianism. And it's and again, it's, uh, it's the truth. So uh, find the truth, plant your feet. Uh, and stand firm. Uh, have you. a great week, everybody. Have fun. Stay safe. And God bless America. God bless America.